Hello, Christmas music lovers. We're feeling the post-Christmas blues, and we bet some of you are too. This week, we're listening to songs done in the blues style. Hopefully, it'll be a cathartic experience for all of us. So grab a hanky and stay tuned for some great blues music. Welcome to Jingle Jank, the show where we find offbeat and obscure Christmas music on YouTube. I'm your host, Scott, joined by my wonderful co-host, Jay. How's it going, Jay? It's fantastic, Scott. I, I have a little bit of the Christmas blues, though. I'm, I'm feeling like the season has passed us by. Valentine's Day stuff is hitting the shelf. I don't know, man. I'm not ready to let it go. No, I'm, I'm not either. Did you take down all the Christmas stuff? Yeah, we did. We're getting our house packed up to move, and so we had some added incentive to uh, get everything taken down so we could start cleaning up and staging. So I think that that hastened or immediate departure on like December 26th really, really kind of dragged us down. It was too soon. Yeah, you know my buddy Bill, you know, friend of the show Bill? Yes. One year I went and saw him in Connecticut right after Christmas. I, I actually flew in on the 26th, and we were sitting in his living room, and all of a sudden he got up, he picked up the Christmas tree that had been undecorated, de-decorated, whatever the word is, and he dragged it out back and threw it in the woods. Yeah. And he said, there, that feels better. Yeah. It was one of the grinchiest things I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and I can't imagine taking a Christmas tree down on the 26th. Now, one year we one year we left ours up until like March, and that was just way too much. Right. It, it felt like awful, and I, gosh, I hope nobody shows up at the door and notices we're these people. So this year, we're, we're in the process here. All, everything's down from the outside of the house already. Nothing's on the front porch, and we're slowly moving everything into the staging area in the uh, dining room where it's going to go into boxes and, and be put away for a while. I'm not I'm not really ready for it to go, but I think my wife is smart, and she's, she's slowly pulling me out of it versus making me take a cold shower on Christmas. Yeah, yeah that's the way to do it. But I'm definitely feeling the post-Christmas blues here, and I know you were too. So we have a very special guest today. Why don't we introduce him? We have Todd Killian from the Christmas Clatter podcast. How are you doing today, Todd? Doing well. Doing well, guys. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Now, do you get the post-Christmas blues? Yes, I, I do. Usually about this time of year, it's, it doesn't really hit me till after New Year's, usually about a week after New Year's. And yep. that's kind of, you know, kind of getting back in the routines of uh, school and work and that kind of things when it, it really, really hits me pretty hard. Now you also deliver the mail too. Yes. So you're out, you're out and about every day mm-hmm. and I'm sure you actually watch in near real time things coming down, decorations and, yes. and all of that. That's going to be even harder. I'm isolated in my house. I don't see it much and I'm, I'm uh, separated from it, but it's right there in, in your face, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Especially when there's like a streets, you know, like a downtown street that's yeah. decorated. And then it's like, then the next day it's all gone. It's like, yeah. where did that go? I wasn't ready for it to be, you know, it's like ripping off the Band-Aid. It's like, dang. I swear, they uh, they pull up in a truck, they attach one end of the Christmas lights to a trailer hitch, and then they just hit the gas, go 60 miles an hour, and drag it all away at once. Yes. Or they do it in the middle of the night, probably. Yeah, they do. So I thought today we would talk about blues music, and I know you and I did an episode months and months ago on Motown, mm-hmm. and you were extremely knowledgeable. I had so much fun on that episode. We got great feedback. Well, you told me there was great feedback. You, you were probably lying to make me feel better. I didn't want to just do the same thing again and do Motown. Right. 
So I thought we would take a detour a few streets over and listen to some blues music today. And I know Jay's a big fan of blues music too, isn't that right? I do. I like I like the blues. I think from American blues, some of the greatest music ever made has been born. So I think this is going to be an interesting twist. And I mean fitting. And by the way, the, the story you told about Bill, there is no more depressing place in the world than New England in the months of like January through April. <laughs> Not a happy place to be. <laughs> Yeah, the sun doesn't really come out, and it's just a, it's dreary, but it's that weird 40 to 50 degree temperature a lot of the time, and if you're going to be cold, be cold. Right. You know, get the snow, get it out of your system, so that when spring shows up, I feel good. But yeah, so right now, uh, you know, we're in, I'm in Colorado. This is the coldest month of the year for us in January, so we don't get very much snow. It actually ramps up after this month because it starts to warm up. So for us... You know, it's not a, it's not uncommon to be minus 10, minus 12 degrees uh, some mornings. Luckily, we're not dealing with that right now. I don't think I could deal with it on top of everything else, on top of my Christmas going away. You know what the worst thing for me was? It happened on the 7th of January. I turned on the television, and the music choice station went from Sounds of the Season, where it played all Christmas music, back to The Pulse. Mm. And The Pulse is some extremely lame, I don't know, dance music show or something, and it's just horrible. I don't know. That That's when it hit me the hardest. I still have my music. I can obviously talk to Alexa or Siri and get you know all the Christmas music I want, but I have to go looking for it now instead of it just being there. And uh, that bummed me out. Todd, I, I thought what we might start with today is talking about how you define blues music as a genre and how it's different than other types of music. I have a few thoughts, but I'd like to let you go first, being a fan yourself. What do you think of when you think of blues music? Uh, when I think of blues, I think of, uh, I go straight to the Delta blues, that kind of sound, Robert Johnson. Okay. You know, just a, a guy and his guitar, just, a, you know, real simple chord changes, but a, a lot of emotional, you know, a lot of sadness. You know, a lot of blues music has roots in old uh, traditional gospel music. So there's kind of that blurred line there in a type of spirituality, a spirit. I'm not going to be able to say that word. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, <laughs> when I think of blues, I think of, of that kind of thing. That's the first thing I, I always run to is, is that old style Delta blues. I guess living here in Southern Missouri, close to Memphis, it's, it's just kind of what's ingrained in me. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think of very similar things. Um, you know, obviously there are different styles of blues. You have your Chicago blues and your shuffles and your boogie woogie kind of thing. Uh, but I do think about the 12 bar blues. Mm -hmm. And I thought we would just play a quick sound clip. This isn't going to turn into a, a, like a strong songs episode here. This is going to be just a, <laughs> a real quick one. But this is what a 12 bar blues would be. And a 12-bar blues, it's called a 1-4-5 chord progression. This is the one chord. Now, this is the four chord, and they play that for another four bars. And it's going to go back to the one. Now, we go to the five chord, and you're going to hear it go back. This is, this is the turnaround where it goes back to the beginning of the 12 bars again. Say it all again. Uh, put it all again together. One, four, five. How is that sequence again? When you think of the, uh, the notes on a piano, like C, D, E, F, G, A, B, C... There are actually 12 notes if you include all the sharps and the flats, but there are eight main notes, the, all the white keys there. Uh, that 12-bar shuffle that I played is in the key of E major. So it would be E, F, G, A, B, C, D, go back to E again. Now, the one chord is the E, 
The fourth note in that is the A. So the four chord is an A major chord, and then the fifth note is a B. So the five is a B major chord. So the one four five progression is an E major, an A major, and a B major chord. Does that make sense? Yeah, got it. Thank you. So Todd, not all blues music is twelve bar. But a lot of it is, mm-hmm. and I think when you hear it, it becomes pretty obvious to you that, hey, this is blues music. Would you agree? Yeah, it, it is, and a lot of people that aren't blues players, when they want to play a blues song, they just go straight for the 12 bars yep. because it's it fits so many different things. And Jay, a lot of the music that you got me into when we first met, Creedence Clearwater Revival, Leonard Skinner, all that southern blues rock has its roots in these styles of music. You know, I I think most modern music can be traced back to some sort of either rhythm or blues, R&B, in this case, the the blues. Do you have any thoughts on on the blues music that you like, Jay? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. When you you played the sample before, that's going to take you right into, uh, like, George Thurgood. I mean, that's probably growing up really was my first kind of um that type of sound that kind of lured you in and then as your musical uh, you know once i discovered the radio and got uh, further down that um down that hole i really fell into that southern blues i you know it was a huge uh black crows were uh you know i don't know if you would they're kind of southern rock but they had a very blues yeah. influenced sound that i just really that was a band that back in the early 90s Saw those guys a few times that really, I really loved that sound. So I think, you know, again, I hear George Thurgood was probably the first. I don't know if you would call George Thurgood's probably more rock, but if, I mean, that's the song construct that you hear right there. That's, you know, that's just about every one of his songs. So that's what what brings me back. Yeah, and there are a couple of other elements that make a bluesy sound. and, And one of them is what we call the blue note. And the blue note is a flattened fifth. And it's also called the tritone or the devil's interval. Now I have... A little sample of it here. Now here's the... Now that was the flattened fifth, and it what we call resolves to the fifth. So when you hear that flattened fifth, that dissonance leads you to want to resolve to a more comfortable note, and that's when you get from the flattened fifth back to the regular fifth. The last thing would be the use of dominant seventh chords. This is what they sound like. So that would be the 135 and the flattened 7. From a 50,000-foot view, those are a lot of the elements that make blues music sound very bluesy. Now, Jay, we also have a quote here from uh, one of the most famous uh, blues musicians ever, Bleeding Gums Murphy. You know, you play pretty well for someone with no real problems. Yeah, but I don't feel any better. The blues isn't about feeling better. It's about making other people feel worse and making a few bucks while you're at it. <laughs> nice. All right. So uh, th- that's probably enough exposition ab- about the blues and why we wanted to talk about it today. Before we get going, we do have a message from today's sponsor. This week's episode is brought to you by Noismo.com, the toy website specializing in loud children's toys. You'll find a great selection of whistles, recorders, drums, and beeping trucks. All purchases between now and Valentine's Day will include an extra set of batteries so the noisy fun won't have to stop. Noismo.com, your one-stop shop for the best in loud kids' toys. And, of course, we thank them for sponsoring today's episode. Nice. All right. Todd, are you ready to get into the music? Because I know I am. Yes, absolutely. And, Jay, how about you? Let's do it. All right. Now, Jay, you picked most of the songs today. Yes. 
I think you did a great job with it. And I'm really excited for the first song that we picked because this is Eric Clapton. I mean, this guy is an absolute blues legend. Yes. So our first song today is White Christmas by Eric Clapton. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas Just like the ones I used to know Where the treetops glisten Children listen to hear sleigh bells in the snow. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas with every Christmas card I write. You were listening to White Christmas by Eric Clapton. This is from the 2018 album Happy Xmas. Todd, what did you think? We'll let you go first. I really like this version of White Christmas that he did. I was really excited for his Christmas album when it came out. And as soon as it was released, I listened from beginning to end. And I think this was, unfortunately, probably my favorite only song i would probably listen to again oh okay I mean, it was fine but i didn't even know he had a christmas album until i did the research for this well when you hear eric clapton i expect the certain level of greatness that's probably yeah. unfair yeah but i do and uh, i really like this version except for some reason every time i hear it i hear layla unplugged and yeah. i don't know if it's because of the yeah. musical arrangements or if it's just because it's all basically the same instrumentation or you know if the chord changes are that similar i'm I'm not sure but i do but i really like it and eric clapton is one of those guys that has been a rock blues legend forever yeah you know, he was influenced by you know those chess records of blues guys like uh, muddy waters and helen wolf and part of that british invasion in the 60s that was basically guys from the uk singing blues standards yeah he and, was the uh, british invasion wasn't he <laughs> or at least a big part of it he was a big part of it him with the the, the beatles and the animals and some the, other the guys, rolling stones and a lot of others the rolling stones yeah do you think part of the reason that you're reminded of layla is because he's playing an acoustic guitar we, you know we're all around the same age and yeah. uh, layla that whole era which was like yeah. probably the very early 90s that was yeah, my that, that was the first time i saw eric clapton and i became familiar with him i really backed into his older music from there but yeah if i see him with a, with an acoustic guitar in his hand i immediately think of that yeah I, I i think that that might be why because it's basically the same band mm. playing a similar song it's kind of got a similar you know tempo as far as you know the timing and things but uh you sound like you're going to sound, so I guess you know if he would do any song in, in the, that kind of style, it's probably going to have that Layla feel to it. Yeah, Jay, I want to see him with a Stratocaster in his hand, not a not an acoustic guitar. Yeah, same. And and Todd, you actually solved the mystery there because we were talking off air about Unplugged. It was the MTV Unplugged performance that he did, I'm guessing late Uh 80s, early 90s. And it was when he did Layla, which was like millions of people around the world heard Layla for the first time, not knowing, you know, not really knowing the original version of it, the Derek and the Dominoes version of it. But that acoustic MTV Unplugged, I mean, they played that into the ground, right? So that's, I think, that's probably another reason and why we all hear it anytime that <laughs> yeah from that same performance was that um if i saw you in heaven song that he yeah, had tears written, in heaven right yeah yeah that's it 
Yeah, that kind of has that same. Yeah, that was another one that got some heavy airtime. Yeah, it it has that same kind of feel for. So probably just the whole unplugged vibe. Did you guys know this was Clapton's first and only Christmas album? Yes. Nope. I didn't. Do you want to take a guess on how many studio albums uh, Eric Clapton's had, Jay? Uh, 27. 21. Not bad. Ooh. Pretty close. Now, uh, another interesting note on this album, it'll probably be the cover image for this episode. The artwork for the album is a very cartoonish representation of Santa, like a Santa Claus face. It was created by Clapton himself. He drafted all of it very quickly on sheets of paper he found in his hotel room. I thought that was a really cool little uh, tidbit on that one. That is cool. I think he's done similar things for other albums before. Has he? I think well, so. I thought that so, was really cool. And, and uh, It is cool. I, I like the image quite a bit. Yeah, I I, it, it definitely caught my eye. As usual, the show notes are going to include all the links to all these videos so you can watch it. I would definitely recommend watching this. Unlike some of the other songs that we're going to play today, this is like full HD and it's really, really well shot. Yeah. And if you yeah. want to see an older looking Eric Clapton, to be sure, you can see all his wrinkles in, in full 4K, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Why don't we move along to the next song today? This is another absolute undisputed blues legend. This is Merry Christmas Baby by B.B. King. Merry Christmas Baby. That was Merry Christmas Baby by B.B. King. Jay, why don't you go first today? What do you think of this song and the artist specifically? Because this is a very popular song. You hear Merry Christmas Baby all over commercial radio, but you don't hear this B.B. King version. That's why I, that's why I picked this one. This is going to be your bullseye on the nose, uh, blues and B.B. King. I think for most people, um, if you ha- ask them to name one blues artist, B.B. King, I'm going to guess probably seven out of 10 people would be able to guess this guy. So I feel like this was a one that we had to include in the playlist. So you're saying this is a family feud answer right here? Yeah, this is, I'm aiming for, I'm I'm trying to to aim for something that I think would resonate with the audience um, because I feel like we've got a few, I think we have a few on the other end of the spectrum in the set list as well. We we sure do. These are the um, gold tracks today. Some of the other ones we'll get into are by lesser known artists that we had to dig a little deeper to find information on. Todd, what do you think of it? I love B.B. King, and this song was just B.B. King being B.B. King. Uh, Merry Christmas Baby is probably the most blues Christmas song as far as its arrangement and the way it was written. So he didn't really have to do anything that's out of his wheelhouse. He could just sit up there on his stool and be B.B. King and entertain the, the heck out of everybody. Yeah, I suppose I could have picked a slightly more obscure song itself, but I didn't, so we're going to have to roll with it. Well, here's the thing about B.B. King. It doesn't matter the song. It's going to be a B.B. King song. He's just going to take it and put it in a blender and put a special sauce on it, and it's going to sound like a B.B. King song. 
there's no getting right around from it. So Yeah, that's very true. This is from the 2001 album, A Christmas Celebration of Hope. So I did have other plenty of other songs I could have chosen from. Eh, it's a free podcast. What do you want? Yeah. This is the 39th studio album by B.B. King. A couple notes here. He's an American blues guitarist and singer-songwriter. Uh, the song itself was written by Lou Baxter and Johnny Moore in 1947. The name Johnny oh. Moore sounds really familiar, Todd. It does sound familiar. Yeah. Uh, I think I, I followed the link and it didn't get me to anything that was real obvious. So maybe one of our eagle-eared listeners will let us know if uh, if I'm supposed to know the name Johnny Moore and why it's ringing a bell in the back of my head. Yeah, you know, Scott, you asked me who played piano on this track, and I went out to check it out and immediately got distracted by a shiny object yeah. and looked up something else. <laughs> so now I have to ask you, can you tell me who was B.B. King's favorite artist? Who did B.B. Who did King idolize? Oh, my goodness. You know, like the first names that come to mind would be someone like Albert Collins or Muddy Waters, but they might have been contemporaneous with B.B. King. So I really don't know. Now, the answer, King's favorite singer, if we're to believe the good people at Wikipedia, and what choice do we have, Right, uh, was Frank Sinatra. So he was a Sinatra nut uh, and apparently went to bed every night listening to Sinatra's classic album in the wee small hours. So I would not have thought that, you know, no. if you think of what comes out of that B.B. King blender that uh, uh, Todd mentioned a few minutes ago. Doesn't sound like it's got any Frank Sinatra in it, yeah. but how cool is that? That's really cool. And I usually admonish you for being over there off on a on a rat hole, <laughs> not paying attention yes. and being distracted. But that was a really cool little piece of information. So I'm, I'm going yeah. to bite my tongue this week. Yeah, still don't know who plays <laughs> piano. I, I, I think one of the things about Frank Sinatra, of course, he's so pop, wildly popular still today. But I think for, people forget exactly, you know, his popularity in through the 40s was, you know, above what Elvis had in the late fifties and, and close to what the Beatles had through the sixties and, you know, with teenagers at, of the time. So I think a little bit that is that's lost because, you know, his crooner style seems to be more like, a, you know, the adult contemporary stations now, but, uh, Frank Sinatra's popularity with uh, teenagers, uh, once upon a time was, you know, only rivaled by the greatest of the greats. Yeah. That's a good point. I'm watching the Ken Burns jazz documentary right now. And in there, he mentions that, Part of the downfall of the popularity of jazz was the rise of singers like Frank Sinatra because that's what people gravitated towards once they started becoming popular. And I didn't realize what an absolute, like, quote-unquote, heartthrob mm -hmm. Frank Sinatra was when he was younger. I only remember him, you know, in his 70s and 80s when we were growing up. But then you see these pictures of him, in, you know, in his late 20s. It was really, really interesting to watch, and it was very fun. Now, Todd, I mentioned that Lou Baxter was one of the writers of this song. Mm -hmm. I do have an interesting tidbit on that. Okay. Lou Baxter wanted this song written because he needed money for a throat cancer operation, which is kind of sad. Jeez. Yeah. But that was one of those really interesting, huh, notes that you don't come across often. One more note on this album. As I mentioned, it's from the 2001 album, A Christmas Celebration of Hope. I wrote down this quote because I thought it was really funny. In his review for allmusic.com, Richie Utenberger awarded the album 2.5 out of 5 stars and called the collection a, quote, adequate, good-humored reprisal, end quote. He concluded his review with a statement, it's hardly the first king you'll pull off your shelf, and it's not the first R&B Christmas album you'll turn to either, but you could do worse in the holiday season. 
And Jay, it sounds like our show. You could do worse in the holiday season. Yeah. It sounds like damning with faint praise. <laughs> I've been told that work, that kind of feedback is not is not helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Do they call that a left-handed compliment or something? Yeah. yeah. You could do this worse. is excellent if what you're trying to make is not good. <laughs> well, the playlist is going to start taking a turn here. So we started with Eric Clapton and we got B.B. King. The next song today is Please Come Home for Christmas by Lou Ann Barton. Bells will be ringing The sad, sad news Oh, what a Christmas To have the blues My baby's gone I have no friends That was Please Come Home for Christmas by Lou Ann Barton. This is from the 1983 album, An Austin Rhythm and Blues Christmas. Now, Jay, when we first met, you got me into Stevie Ray Vaughan. Mm. Now, the reason I bring that up is that Lou Ann Barton was in a group with Stevie Ray Vaughan. Lou Ann Barton is an American blues singer. In 1977, Barton joined a new Austin blues group called Triple Threat Review with Stevie Ray Vaughan and W.C. Clark. It was renamed Double Trouble when Clark left in May of 1978, and Barton continued with Double Trouble until November of 1979. I believe she actually became much more popular and famous after this, but I'm reading the Stevie Ray Vaughan biography right now, and her name was top of mind, so when I was doing the research for the show and came across the song, I wanted to include it for that reason. Stevie Ray Vaughan himself does not have a Christmas song, so we couldn't include him on the playlist today. The other reason I wanted to include it was because I wanted more uh, female representation on this list. If you said to me, Todd, hey, can you name five great female blues singers? I think I would struggle to do that. I think they're underrepresented. So that was why I, I wanted to uh, to have her track included today. What do you think of it, Todd? I really liked it. I have to say, uh, Baby Please Come Home for Christmas is probably one of my top ten favorite christmas songs oh wow something about that hook and that first line first couple of lines first couple of notes that everybody does it just sucks me in right away what's your favorite version or your favorite artist i really like the eagles version of it yep yeah it's, that one it's, it's that, so that one comes to mind clean and smooth i really like it quite a bit yeah it's a little overplayed that would be my yeah. only criticism of it and that doesn't mean it's not a good song it just means it's in right. very heavy rotation because yeah. people like it so you know, we obviously wouldn't include the Eagles today. Everyone's heard that version of it. Right, right. Kelly Clarkson has a really great version of it, too. Oh, right. And I'm kind of a mark for her, too, so. Yeah. But uh, I really liked this version. It was real, it's more bluesy than the Eagles or even, of course, Kelly Clarkson's yeah. versions. Um, and a little bit more raw sounding. You know, of course, it, it has that kind of, you know, basic blues back. But it, I really liked it because it kind of had a little bit more of that blues grit to it. 
I liked her voice. I, I thought there was an authenticity to it that I really enjoyed. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I did too. I, in fact, sadly to say, I'm not very familiar with her. But no, neither am I. But beyond the name, I'm not very familiar with her music. Yep. But after listening to this song, I'm definitely going to be digging down the rabbit hole of uh, music streaming services to find a little bit more of what she's done because it's it's really great. Yeah, it, it's nice that we have those services available to us. Imagine how we would have done this 20 years ago, Jay. We would have gone to Sam Goody. Yeah, exactly. We would have looked in an obscure <laughs> jazz and blues section with, with about 20 CDs in it. Yeah, absolutely. And we would have found nothing, probably. Absolutely. Now, this particular album... This is an Austin Rhythm and Blues Christmas. It's a various artists album. It features two songs by Luann Barton and two songs by the fabulous Thunderbirds, which I also thought was pretty interesting. Jimmy Vaughn was Stevie Ray Vaughan's big brother. And I'm not a huge fabulous Thunderbirds fan, but you can't argue their popularity in blues. Yeah. Especially blues rock. Yeah. All right. Why don't we move on to our next song today is Christmas Blues by Canned Heat. That was Christmas Blues by Canned Heat. This is from the 1970 single called Christmas Blues. Jay, what do you think of it? I like this. I mean, I'm a, this Canned Heat uh, is in my uh, my wheelhouse for my Emma um, and Todd uh, for your background. Big Grateful Dead fan. So, um, although quite a bit of blues influence in their music, quite a bit of everything influence in their music, but uh, that's the Canned Heat connection. Not not very bluesy by tonight's standards, though. No Christmas albums either. <laughs> Wait, are you familiar with Canned Heat then, or were you familiar before today's episode? Yeah, they're a part of like they are um, not you know not not our time popular. They were not. Um, you know, when you and I were kind of growing up and, and our musical influences were forming, they were not particularly popular. But as I got further into the dead, I found that they were very popular, you know, part of that that hippie sort of late 60s uh, sound. And they are still I think they're they're still together today. So they were where a lot of their contemporaries who had gone on to greater success had ultimately died <laughs> from that <laughs> success. Can Heat was like, you know. They're still here. <laughs> so I, well, you just you just got to outlive your uh, your peers, I guess, right? Yeah, there's something to be said for longevity. So yeah, that's the connection. Tell me if if you're familiar then with this uh, little bit of of weird trivia I'm going to bring up here. Are you ready? Yeah, go for it. All right, Canned Heat is an American rock band that was formed in Los Angeles in 1965. In 1968, they recorded a bizarre version of Christmas Don't Be Late with Alvin and the Chipmunks. I have a clip. Wait a minute, wait a 
minute. What are you mice doing in here? Mice? This is our session. We came in here to make a Christmas boogie. Who do you think you're talking to? This is 1968, brother, not 1958. Now, you mice got to get it together. Now, if you want to hang around here, you just got to be quiet. Mice? Who are you calling mice? We're chipmunks. All right, all right, chipmunks. Cool it now and listen. <laughs> Christmas is a time when you're supposed to have lots of chill. Said Christmas is a time when you're supposed to have lots of chill. I got the blues for the world with all this troubles and fear. All right, that was absolutely bizarre. And one last note on that: the a biographer on the Canned Heat's official website calls that song a quote incongruous move in the band's history. End quote. Todd. What did you think of the song, first of all, and then you could tell me if you if you had any thoughts about the that Chipmunks thing. The song was fine. Okay, um, not a standout for Todd, then. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it was, I don't know, for some reason, this might make me sound like old man, I found it a little noisy. Okay. Yes. And uh, it felt like there was about three different directions everything was going in. <laughs> And I thought, well, maybe I just don't understand it, you know, to find out that there was some, they're kind of in that vein of the Grateful Dead, then I know I don't understand it. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, but I know they put a lot of hard work into it and I don't want to pillage on them too bad, but. No, no, you're entitled to your opinion and. It was, it was fine. Todd, I think you accurately <laughs> described the music very well, going in multiple directions at any one given time. And I mean, that's jam band sort of kind of wandering improvisational type of music. You know, the word arrangement, and I'm not a musician by any stretch, but arrangement is not something you're going to find usually. <laughs> you know, just kind of uh, that, that freestyle sound for sure. And it's like, <laughs> I'm a fan of this music, and I, I have my wife and kids will listen to the dead along with me. And it looks on their faces sometimes when, like, they're all out of key and nobody can sing. And it's like, it's endearing if you like it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like your kid's artwork. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Now, Todd, you've been editing podcasts for, especially your own, for many years, so you're familiar with opening up wave files in a in an audio editor, and and often you can look at a sound file mm-hmm. and you see peaks and valleys, and you can kind of uh-huh. you can see where where verses might start or or you uh-huh. know different parts of the song are. But when I opened this one, it's up, all solid color. It's like one solid uh-huh. one inch thick <laughs> thing that just went from the left side of the screen all the way to the right. So yeah, yeah it there is a lot of it's like a wall of sound right. to use Phil Spector words on that it's a wall (laughs) you know and this was before the big uh compression fate you know fad of of the mid 90s where they just wanted to make everything as loud as possible on every recording yeah i I thought it was interesting uh, that that chipmunks thing beyond that with the weird dialogue there which was just yeah odd i kind of like that better than this yeah. song yeah. <laughs> that, that, that was a yeah that was that uh, boogie style but it, that jay had that strong uh, george thoroughgood mm-hmm. uh you know rockabilly blues rock kind of feel to it yeah which i don't enjoy as much but it was definitely present in that song yeah yeah these guys i think for our listeners um canned heat is uh, um they are the original performers of the song going up the country which i think in one of those insurance commercials that's running in heavy rotation or has been you hear that in there so i'm not going to attempt to sing it but you, our, you know, folks at home can take a look here we have a clip jay up 
I will, I will say that Canned Heat, top 20 band name. I love that band name. Yeah, very good. <laughs> that, that is a great, great band name. All right, Jay. So uh, I, I think we can tell there that uh, we just did the musical equivalent of giving Todd a uh, like a pair of socks for Christmas. Yeah. He was like, oh, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> so we should we should move right along here, um, you know, before he decides to bail on us. Our next song today is "Bring Back My Cadillac" by Joe Bonamassa. It's Christmas That was Bring Back My Cadillac by Joe Bonamassa. Now, I had to look up the pronunciation of his last name. So if anyone disagrees, I'm sure you won't hesitate to write in and tell me when I was wrong. Todd, we'll start with you. What did you think of this song? Did we redeem ourselves in any way? Yes, I really liked this song quite a bit. Okay. I really liked it. I liked the production and the quality. The bass player in the song is fantastic. He sounds real meat and potatoes, but he, he does a few things here and there that is... I really like a lot, and I'm kind of a sucker for horns anyway, especially my blues. And Yeah. Jay, what do you think? Yeah, I liked it a lot, and I'm going to second Todd on the horns. I think that's a, a great touch here. And uh, a little um, uh, interesting trivia, I did not know this before picking picking the set list, but uh, he apparently opened for B.B. Uh, uh, King when he was very, like a teenager, 12 or 13 years old. 12, yeah, um, 12 years old. He, yes. he opened 30 shows for B.B. King. Yeah. Yeah, which is really amazing. And, and I thought, uh, like, oh, wow, he's been around the block for a long time. And then I looked at his age on Wikipedia, and he's younger than you and I, RJ, which was a little depressing. Yeah. Yeah, that's, you know, and uh, I know like that I, I lived in the area where he grew up, uh, I guess what would be eastern Pennsylvania. I think he's western New York. Um, and I so I, I kind of have a taste for like the the cloth that people are cut from in that area. And it's a it's a kind of okay. a neat story. So I think, you know, I like this guy. I, th- I love the song. Good, good twist on it. I like the B.B. King connection. No, Todd, Joey B here is is well known by guitarists as a great player, but I don't think he's in the public consciousness very much. What do you think? In, in my opinion, it seems like like the really great guitar players aren't the guys that people tend to always want to think about. Mm. I mean, you know, earlier this year we lost uh, Eddie Van Halen and everybody, you know, he's one of the greatest, and he is one of the greatest guitar players. And, you know, same with Jimi Hendrix, you know, he is. But guys like Joe here and uh, guys like, Vince Gill, and they're they're really really great, and they're as good as those guys, if not maybe a little bit better, and they just don't get the, the you know the recognition yeah. they deserve as guitar players. That's a good point, and I can't put words in Eddie Van Halen's mouth, obviously, but 
I've known from interviews, Joe Bonamassa and people like Stevie Ray Vaughan are the kinds of guitar players that people like Eddie Van Halen yes. spoke highly yes. of. Right, right. For every Eddie Van Halen, there's a Joe yeah. Satriani yeah. who nobody's heard of, you know, right. and that's arguably a Steve Vai, Eric Johnson. Yeah, exactly. Right, exactly. Guys who are like men and women who are, you know, technically like incredibly yeah. skilled guitar players, great session musicians, that kind of thing, just don't have the mainstream yeah. popularity. That's right. There are much better Christmas podcasts out there, but hey, we're the popular ones, right? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's that's uh, not the same at all. Not to go too far down the, the <laughs> rabbit hole, but you know who was two uh, guitar players, uh, Eddie Van Halen, personally asked for lessons from? No. Glenn Campbell and Roy Clark. How about that? Interesting. I had, no, mm-hmm. I had no idea. Yeah. Glenn Campbell, and, wow. And if you ever want to go down a guitar playing rabbit hole that will blow your mind, yeah. YouTube Roy Clark. Okay. Okay. I, I think I've heard the name, and that's about all I know. He's the hee-haw guy. Okay. The brown-haired hee-haw guy, and his guitar playing will knock your socks off. He is wonderfully talented, or was wonderfully talented. Cool. Good tip. Yeah. And Joe Bonamassa, is, is, I think he's very talented. I really enjoyed this. If I forgot to mention it before we started talking, this is from the 2016 album Rockin' Christmas Blues, which is a great album. I, I went through a few of the other tracks, and I enjoyed them and kind of mentally put it on my to-listen-to list. Uh, one more note on him. He's had 11 number one hits on the Billboard Blues charts, and he was nominated for a Grammy. 11 number one hits. Now, obviously, that's on the Blues chart. It's not the Billboard Top 100, but I still thought that was, was a heck of a distinction. Yeah. Still. Yeah. It's more than I have. Yeah. Yeah, right. He's got an amazing, pretty, pretty <laughs> impressive, if not bordering on amazing discography. And uh, maybe by putting him on our show and featuring this song, we will elevate him. And, you know, mainstream success could be uh, right around the corner, Joe B. So you're saying he'll be on the show at some point, you think? Well, we're talking about yeah. him. I'm saying oh, he could be. I'll see if he's on Cameo. Yeah, check Cameo while we play the next song here. The last song today, we're going to take a slight detour uh, because this is going to be more of an R&B song, a little more doo-wop than blues, but it's our show and we can do what we want and it's free. What do you want? This is Hey Santa Claus by the Moon Glows. Hey Santa Claus, yeah. hey Santa Claus, yeah. hey Santa Claus, Santa Claus, Santa Claus, yeah. hey Santa Claus, yeah. hey Santa Claus, yeah. hey Santa Claus, Santa Claus, Santa Claus, Santa Claus. That was Hey Santa Claus by the Moon Glows. Now, Jay, I can just feel somebody starting to fire up an angry email at me saying, that's not a blues song. Yeah. Well, it's R&B, and the B stands for blues. It's close enough for, for what we're doing today. What do you think? 
I think that is technically correct. I think if you were on Jeopardy, we could argue that was uh, <laughs> what is rhythm and blues, right? It's not a traditional blues song. Of course it's not. It's just a cool song, and it's super fun. And when else are we going to get to play it? Yes, thank you. Thank you for finding a way to reverse engineer this onto the show somehow, because I do. I love this song, and obviously our listeners are going to be uh, the uh, eagle-eared listeners will recognize this from National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, um, the famous shopping scene. I mean, they're all famous, right? Early on, when yeah. Clark is uh, getting some lingerie consultation, so the little <laughs> you know little entourage leading up to that is this song, and I love it. Yeah, I, I love this too. And for you and me, I think when we were hanging out a lot together in high school, uh, Christmas Vacation was one of our mutually favorite Christmas movies at yes. the time. And I think, I, I don't know, I'd venture to say it still is. It's up there with Christmas Story. It's in my top three. Yes. Hands down. Yeah. Um, Todd, what do you think of first the song and second the, we can talk about the movie after that. Oh, I love this song. You, you cannot help but to hear the song and smile and get you right in that Christmas spirit, right in that Christmas mood. It's a happy song. Um, yeah, and, and I just love it. I'm gonna make a guess here, Todd. I don't know for sure. This one doesn't sound like a minor blues. Well, obviously, it's it's not not the traditional blues we've been talking about all day, but it sounds like more of a major key song. Yeah, it sounds like it, but it still follows the same kind of uh, twelve bar progression. Yeah, that's why I, I thought it was okay to include it just on the periphery because of that today. A- answer me this. I, I don't have the uh, the technical acumen that you guys have as far as the music is concerned, but it, this is a group of people singing, which to me, you know, together, uh, you know, w- whatever the technical term is for that, and this kind of a song, not a choir or whatever, but something, it's not bluesy in that regard. You don't typically have people belting out together, I think, and I could be wrong, but in a blues song, you got one person telling their story. You don't have a group of people singing about like I picture guys going down the street you know kind of snapping their fingers and flipping you know flipping a nickel or something (laughs) yeah that would be the 50s doo-wop kind of feel wouldn't it that that whatever that is that's the I think that's what makes this more rhythm than blues yeah and I'm going to say that I intentionally chose this because this was a more upbeat song and I wanted to end on a high note yeah good call man it's not real but sure Also, this is the B-side of a 1953 single, Just a Lonely Christmas, which is not nearly as upbeat as this song, and you know I'm a sucker for B-sides. The Moonglows were an American R&B group in the 1950s, and boy is that apparent when you listen to them. If I didn't show you the video, didn't tell you anything else, I'm going to venture a guess you would have said, yeah, it's probably from the 50s. Yes, yep, it's right in that wheelhouse with the the drifters and the platters and all those great do-up Yeah, we're going to have to do an episode on, uh, on that coming up at some point you'll have to come back todd will you do that with us yes cool. i'll be back anytime and as we mentioned this was from the 1987 film national lampoon's christmas vacation so when i was going through songs looking for today's playlist i came across this one and i just knew i wanted to use it and i remember it from the movie there's there is it is a is a one-to-one connection in my mind between that movie and this song i don't think of anything else when i hear it i honestly i just wanted to hear it So, Tony, if you're listening, let us know if we did okay on this one. Well, that does our playlist today, guys. Um, Why don't we go around the table and and say what our standout was. Todd, since you're the guest today, do you want to go first? Can you tell us which of the six songs you liked the most today? Well, I really liked the Moonglow song mainly because I was so familiar with it. But the song that that really kind of opened my eyes and kind of made me want to listen more was... uh, 
Please Come Home for Christmas by Luann Barton. Okay, great. I just almost felt like I discovered a new artist, even though she's been around for a long, long time. Yeah. She's just been kind of, you know, not my radar. So it's like, I felt like I, I discovered a new artist with that song. So that's that's the standout for me, mainly because it's like, I think I found somebody I could really dig into their to their music and, you know, make a playlist of and be real happy with it. Well, that's great. It makes me feel better about picking it too, because I thought it was a little, it was probably one of the more obscure songs on the playlist today. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jay, how about you? What was your standout track? I have to go with White Christmas by Eric Clapton. And, uh, you know, this was Mm. uh, a little bit different uh, direction than Todd in that this is an artist that I kind of rediscovered because I think of Clapton really in the sense of classic rock. So and, and getting ready for the show, you know, I would not go to Clapton immediately to say who's a blues artist that I want to feature in a, in a blues centric show. And I think, you know, that's just me being musically naive, but I think it's a great, you know, this, this made me realize that that's, you know, that's obviously where a lot of the influence of the music is coming from. That's what the guy's playing. So I'm going white Christmas, man. That's great. I, I might have gone with White Christmas, but since you did, I'm going to go with Bring Back My Cadillac by Joe Bonamassa. I just liked it. it. It felt like the most authentic blues when I think of what the genre is. It, it hit all the tropes. I mean, the song was even about him giving his girlfriend a Cadillac and she left on Christmas morning with it. So I just liked it. I, I thought it was great. And it's definitely an artist that I want to dig into more. I'm not that familiar with him beyond his name. And now I want to check out his discography and, and know more. Yeah, and soon when uh, our listeners uh, descend upon iTunes and, and Mass and Joe gets a notification that his royalties are like going through the roof and all of a sudden his phone lights up and they're going to be like, you're on the jank, man. You're blowing up. Yeah. Can you imagine his face that day in a, in a, probably about 45 days from now when he goes to the mailbox and opens up that royalty check? Yeah. And it's going to be like twice what it normally is. going to be a few curvy numbers in there, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be great. Todd, thank you for joining us today. I've been on your show, but we've never had the privilege of having you on ours. Well, I appreciate you guys uh, having me on. I'll have to uh, reciprocate and have you get both of you on next time? Yeah, awesome, Todd. Thanks for being here, dude. I think we talked about uh, doing Mary Axmas, the album on your show. Yes, I'll have uh, nice. I'll have uh, both of you on. We'll cover Mary Axmas and uh, talk about a little bit of uh, rock and roll instrumental music. And obviously, Todd's show is Christmas Clatter. If you're not familiar with Christmas Clatter, you're not looking very hard because it's one of the top five out there. I'd say in, in Christmas podcasting circles. Please check out Todd's show, Christmas Clatter. The link will be in the show notes today. Todd, thank you for joining us, taking time out of your day to be on our show. Always love having you and your your musical brain. You know, we have at least six more songs in the hopper. So, listeners, if you liked this episode today and you want us to do another one at some point in 2021, give us some feedback. Let us know. Go to jinglejank.com, get links to our socials or find our email and let us know. We, we could easily do another one of these if you all want to hear it. And even if you don't, we probably will at some point, but uh, we, we do have plenty of uh, other good shows coming up. Jay, any closing thoughts today? No, I'm really glad that we got to have Todd on. Thank you so much uh, uh, for, for joining us today. And I'm glad that we got to do the blues, man. This, uh, this definitely picked me up. Last question for you guys though. Do you feel any better? Yes. Did you kind of yep. sweat it out, sweat out the Christmas blues? Are we are we all a little better for having done this today? Yep, it was good. Yeah, definitely. Good therapy. Good therapy. All right, I'm I'm feeling good too. So Jay, next episode is going to be something super upbeat. Yeah, definitely. Metal. All right. Well, 
<laughs> Probably not metal. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for joining us today. Uh, visit us at jinglejank.com if you want to find out more or get in touch with us. And until then, Merry Christmas. All music used in this episode is property of its respective copyright owner, and no infringement is intended. These clips were played under the expectation of fair use for purposes of education or commentary. You can find links to all the songs we played in the show notes. Please don't sue us. We don't make any money from this. The worst episode ever.